0: So today, we, we have an opportunity where, you know, uh, Pastor Rick is going to end up coming up here, and he's gonna deliver the word of the Lord. He is our uh, Apostolic Oversight here at Inspiration Nine Church. We're, we're blessed to have him in the house, and uh, he is gonna make his way up to the podium today. If you can give him just a warm, warm welcome. He's going to be wrapping up today our series. We've been doing a three-week series. If you have not seen the first two uh, or weren't here in person, uh, or watched the two first weeks on uh, rejection, we did. We did uh, first week on unwanted. And then the second week we did even a little bit more on affliction and persecution. And so Pastor Rick is going to be wrapping up that part of the series today. It is all yours. You guys like this? Look, he's sitting down. You think Thank you think you he's said. going to be able to manage sitting down for a whole service today? Um, I'll let you know what about. We'll 4, find 5, out. We'll find out soon. All right, all yours. Yeah, it was November 5th uh,
1: last year after an incredible year of ministry on the road in nine different nations and. Then come and uh, jump off a platform, Super Rick <laughs> <laughs> landed wrong and shattered my heel. And uh, the rest is all behind me now. And I thank God for Kathy and thank God for your prayers for each one of you. And uh, I had to face some real fears even getting up here today. <clears throat> Only from the standpoint, it happened in a service. I was doing an altar call, and uh, when I just jumped right off to join the people that responded, about 30 people came down to get saved up at Kingdom House up in Brampton. And uh, as soon as I hit the floor, I knew something was wrong, but I had to finish the service up. How many can say amen? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, nobody really knew what was going on other than Kathy and a nurse that both recognized that something had happened. And uh, Anyway, it was never carried out of a service, and that was the first time ever, and everybody wanted to high-five me afterwards, so it was pretty exciting. Are you all ready for God's Word today? Yes. Let's get right into the Word of God. Go in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 1, if you can turn there, and I'm just going to open up. You know, I've learned something in life that when God is a God of repetition, and in the Scriptures, when he repeats himself and says the same story, over and over if he says it in matthew and then he says the same thing in mark and then he says the same thing in luke and then he says the same thing in john but he doesn't just stop there he brings one story and then he brings another story and then he brings another story and then he brings the manifestation of the stories that he had brought in the three how many know there's probably something that you and i can all learn from how many can say amen Kathy and Mama Teresa have both went through a hip replacement recently. Uh, Kathy, I think, was seven months ago. Mama Teresa, a little bit shorter than that there. And how many know that the exercise that they have to do daily is what's going to bring that thing into the strength and into the fullness? It's the same way with you and I. We learn by repetition. Uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf actually shares that the brain is actually formed, okay, by repetition. We know that all teachers understand these here principles. When we hear repetition taught over and over and over, it enforces the principles of what it is that they're trying to bring in us. What I've learned is that repetition is the mother of all learning. It's actually the father of action and it makes the architect of accomplishment. If you're gonna accomplish things in life, It's gonna come from patterns of repetition. So what I've learned in the scriptures is the word of God is also a book of repetition. We have the book of uh, Deuteronomy, and what does it say? The same things that he said in Numbers. He brings it over and reiterates it and brings a few more things. But the point that I wanna bring out today is we're gonna go over some repetitious things today from the word. And in Matthew chapter three, if everybody can turn over there, and everybody say, I love God's word amen and while you're turning over to matthew 3 you have to understand this is a series that i'm finishing up today on overcoming rejection if you understand that there's inherent needs inside of every one of us that's inside this room and also all those that are watching by livestream, we welcome you today And there's actually four needs that psychologists have actually picked up with, and they're all brought out in the Word of God if we understand this here. And what that means is an inherent need is existing in something, okay, as a permanent and an inseparable element. It's a quality or an attribute inside of us that the Word of God has put inside of us. And how many know if God puts something inside of us, how many know then we have to understand there's a real enemy? that wants to rob us from our understanding of what it is that God has put inside of us. If you don't understand this here principle, then then the enemy is gonna have your way. See, when God made you who you are, the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. We are a peculiar, a special people that you and I should show forth the praises of him that called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The word praises, forgive me, is not what we do in worship time. It actually is a word that means the glorious attributes of God. God, when he saved you, God, when he poured his spirit out inside you, he literally put the attributes of God on the inside of you. You have the attribute of compassion inside you. Come on now. You have the attribute of goodness inside you. You have the attribute of the favor of God already inside you. You have the, ap- the attribute of forgiveness inside. Listen to what the scripture says in John 20. Whose sins you retain, they are retained. But whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. How many know that's the attribute of God of forgiveness? You have the attribute of his holiness. Jesus is made unto his wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All the attributes of God, listen very carefully. He put them in the inside of you. They're already deposited on the inside. Okay, you've already been accepted by God. You're God's favorite. Can you all say amen? As I get started on this here, so the four inherent needs are this here. The number one is belong and accept it. Every one of us has an inherent need inside to belong. God has brought the local church to be the place that we belong in. Come on now. It's the place of community. It's not just a place that we go and we spend a few hours a weekend but it's a place of community. It's a place of fellowship. We also have inside of us a need to grow, a need to be healthy in there. And in the local church we're not just meant, listen very carefully, to teach sermons but they're strategically given to you so that while we can grow, that we can be healthy in our spiritual walk and as we're healthy in our spiritual walk how many know that we can bring health in our physical walk come on now the bible says beloved i desire above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. So as your mind is renewed, and that's through repetition over and over, what's gonna happen? Your soul is going to begin to prosper. And as your soul prospers, the word prosper in the context means to have a good journey in life. And then what happens after this here, number one, we have to belong and accept. And you can rest assured if that's true, the enemy will send fiery missiles against your mind, against your understanding, and the area of your identity if he can get you to question if he can get you in to that area of confusion and your very identity then i want to tell you something right there he can knock you out of the race of faith today he can knock you off of the righteousness of god he can knock you out because you'll allow it in there i want to tell you when my mother got pregnant and this is uh, uh, over almost 72 years ago probably over 70 close to 72 years ago And when she got pregnant with me, okay, she had already had my brother first, excuse me, my sister first, Grace, and then my brother, Anthony, right afterwards. And my brother, Anthony, and I are just a year apart. But after she had Anthony, she said she's not going to have any more kids. Well, guess what? Two days shy of a year, along comes Ricky. But when she got pregnant, she did not want to have the baby. She didn't, she didn't want any more children. She had grace first. She wanted a boy and a girl, and she got both of them, and uh, so she didn't want any more. So in the womb, in the time of gestation, where there's the connection that's going on, my mother went into a major depression. I found this out from an aunt many, many years later, that she was very depressed during that whole time. I believe she suffered with manic depression. And she just wept, she said, the first six months of the pregnancy, she was there. Well, how many know inside the womb, the child actually feels that rejection? There's somebody here that today that there's things that are going on inside of your life that you're challenged with and you're struggling with, and you're trying to figure it all out. Well, some of those things happen even from the womb. When Johnny the Baptist was inside the womb of Elizabeth, the Bible says when Mary came to her and the two of them met together, the Bible says that the baby literally leapt in the womb at the affirmation of John the Baptist. Come on now. When Mary started speaking out, the salutation as we call it, Johnny started doing cartwheels on the inside. There was an affirmation that was there. And see, Johnny became bold. Johnny became courageous. And Johnny didn't suffer with any insecurity because of what went on in the womb. Well, Rick had just the opposite of that. And I'll get back to the aspect of mom. So she had that. And so I raised my, uh, so when I was being raised up, I was always being compared by my older brother. And I'd hear this time after time. Why can't you be like Anthony? why can't you be like him why can't you get the grades that anthony gets why can't you be this here way and it's like all these here years and i wish i knew uh, i wish i knew then what i knew today because number one mom god didn't make me anthony he made me richard and you gave me a prophetic name and that name means i'm a powerful ruler for the kingdom of god and that's in my dna can you say amen So anyway, so how did I get over this here? How did this all happen? Just like how do we get through rejection? Actually, leave the script and we're just gonna have to go on a rabbit, amen? Go to the book of Ephesians chapter one. Everybody turn to Ephesians chapter one. Believe me, I don't know where I'm going right now, but God does and apparently if he does, then everything's gonna be all right, amen? So in Ephesians chapter one, if you could just kindly turn over there, you're gonna see something. And it says this in verse number six. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted. And I'm reading the New King James, has made us. Everybody look at your name and says, has made us. Okay, listen, if he already made you something, listen very carefully. What we need to understand is we need to affirm it, we need to accept it, we need to believe it, and then we need to act upon it, Amen. He hath made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now listen, that word might not mean anything to you, but to a person that struggled with their identity, to a person that's now a new creation, to a person that's now been made the righteous, I did for many years. And this is what the word accepted means. It means to endue with special honor. Come on. When God accepted you, he endued you, he empowered you with special honor. Look at your neighbor and say, he put honor on you. Okay? It means, listen, to become highly favored. As a matter of fact, in the book of Luke chapter 1, you'll see a story about Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the humanity. And in that story, you will see something. The angel Gabriel, that literally lives in the presence of God, he came and visited Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay? And came and said this to her, he said, Mary, thou art highly favored amongst women. Come on. And listen to what the scripture says. And Mary was troubled with the saying of the angel. She had no trouble that the angel visited her, but she had trouble of what the angel said to her. And what was it that she said to her? Mary, thou art highly favored amongst women. Let me just tell you something, church, today. Many believers also struggle with the understanding of the righteousness of God, that it's not what you earned, it's not what you deserved, it's not what you uh, uh, long for, it's something that God has made you on the inside. You are acceptable with God, you're highly honored with God, you're highly favored with God, you come into agreement with God. You compass the favor of God upon your life and you're now honored with the blessing of God upon your life. And it's already a done deal. And listen carefully. It's not because of what you do. Did you hear what I said? It's not because of what you do. You can't earn god's righteousness it's something that you received and i'm i'm sensing this was not part of where i was planning on going this morning but i'm sensing strongly that i need to stay here for a few minutes because if you don't understand in your dna if you don't understand in 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 the inside of you you have now been an acceptable offering to god through the blood sacrifice of jesus he who knew no sin was made to be an offering of sin for us That we could be made, come on now, the righteousness of God. And I want to just state this today because I'm sensing this and it's not leaving me. I'm sensing this here that that there's people here today that have received God as their Lord. They've received him as their Savior and they know they're born again. But you still struggle with insecurity. You still struggle with condemnation. You still struggle that you don't measure up. You still struggle with the identity issue. How could God accept me? If you knew how I lived, if you knew some of the things that I did. I want to tell you something. Your addiction doesn't define you. What people have said about you doesn't define you the failures of the past don't define you as well as the successes of the present are not what define you but the blood of the son of god is what's defined you and accepted you and the bible says to him that receives the gift it's not earned it's not deserved to him that receives the gift of righteousness he shall dwell in this life as a king come on church What does that mean? Kings have authority in the spirit realm. You have a kingly anointing, my friend, upon your life. And if you're not exercising that authority, it goes right back to the righteousness of God. The Bible said to the New Covenant Church that also the Corinthians, they struggled with division. They struggled with contention. They struggled with fighting that was going on amongst them. And God tells them at the end of the epistle in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Awake to righteousness and sin not let me tell you something the sin issues in your life today the rejection in your life today the fears in your life today the confusion in your life today the disappointments in your life today the frustrations in your life today are all directly related to having a weak understanding or no understanding of the righteousness of God that you are in Christ Jesus and I want to just give you this opportunity. It says to him that receives the gift of righteousness, he's going to reign in this life with authority. Come on, church. He's going to reign with dominion. He's going to reign over the powers of darkness. He's going to reign over the fears. He's going to reign over the insecurity. He's going to reign over the rebellion. He's going to reign over the, bo- the bondages. He's going to reign over those things. And if that's you today and you're watching by live stream, or you're here today, and you say, Pastor Rick, I can't see you because these lights are so bright. But if you say today, you know what, Rick? I need them. I want to make that. I want to receive that gift of righteousness today and have an understanding of God like you're talking about. If that's you, raise your hand right now. I don't care where you're at. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see some hands as I go a little bit. Thank you, thank you. Wherever you're at, stop. Let's all stand together right now. And let's just pray this together. Father, thank you for the sacrifice, the blood covenant that the Son of God entered in for me. Thank you that he accepted me and he made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you that today I receive that gift. I don't earn it. I can't pay for it. It's something that's deposited now to my account and I received the gift of righteousness and I'm now gonna reign over all the works of darkness I'm now gonna destroy the fiery darts of the kingdom of darkness off of my life in Jesus name tell the one next you look at him and say you've been honored you're highly favored Just as much as Mary was, so are you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. By the way, Mama became a great hero inside of my life. Many years later, Kathy and I, she was in a hospice place in the home over in St. Clair Shores, Michigan, and we went to visit her uh, after the services that I was doing when I was pastoring, and I remember going to the home, and as soon as I saw her, she looked so frail. She, she was like 80-some pounds, and uh, I, I couldn't handle it. I just, I just walked out of the room, and so Kathy stayed in there and was conversing and trying to be there. She was in and out. She was on so many medications, and uh, I'll never forget. Kathy comes out to me, and she wasn't happy, and she said, your mother needs you right now and you need to be in there and you need to at least say goodbye to your mom, this and that. And I said, Kath, I'm just having a hard time. She said, put your feelings aside and just go in. So I remember just going in and, and, and I went to hug her and I said, mom, I love you. And I got a little bit teary eyed at that point. and she got up and she grabbed me and she said, Richard, I just want you to know that this is not my time to go and I'm not gonna die this here way and I'm getting out of this here hospital. And I'm like, what the heck just happened, okay? And as soon as she did, you know, she fell right back down and was out. Well, let me just tell you something, and I'm not telling you if you're on medication to do what she did. She got off 14 different drugs in two weeks, okay? Completely off all medication. I'm not telling you to do that. you listen to your physician. My mother got off everything, and then two weeks later, she walked out of the hospital. Amen. Lived another eight years. Come on now and uh, hallelujah got dementia at the end and that's enough so she became one of my heroes in the faith amen she called the things that be not as though they already were according to what god's word says is anybody learning anything here today now i got to get started in the message here because if i don't get started in the message then we're gonna have a problem okay are you all ready so in matthew chapter 3 everybody go over to matthew chapter 3 you're going to see four principles that i've learned that are in all four of the gospels should be three of them in all four of the Gospels, and one of them is not mentioned, and I'm going to share why in just a moment over there. But if you look in Matthew chapter 3, is everybody over there? It says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And it said, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, how many know that is not just spoken forth in Matthew's gospel? The same story is spoken forth in Mark chapter 1, 2 to 8. The same story is in Luke 3, 1 to 20, but it's also in John one twenty three, where it says, a voice in the wilderness. It's brought out in all four of the gospels. Now, when I began to read that, this says, okay, God, what is the reason for this here? There's reasons why you have this. When we come into our walk with God, which you need to understand, how many know that our whole journey with God came when we recognized our need for the Savior? We recognized our sin, and we acknowledge to God that we need him as Lord, we need him as Savior in our life. So many people try to earn their salvation, and it just doesn't work that way, because why? For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of works, lest any man should boast, for it's a gift of God. And then it goes on and says, the purpose now is for, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto love and unto good works. Now, I say all that there because John called everybody to repent. How me know we got into the kingdom by repentance we couldn't work for it we couldn't earn it and then it tells us something another story so we see the one in the wilderness and then it says john baptizes jesus interesting in matthew chapter 3 verse 13 we're going to read it in a moment and then in mark 1 9 to 11 the same story and then in luke 3 21 and 22 the same story and then in uh, john's gospel 129 34, the same story. So I recognize something over here. The pattern is, number one, is there's repentance that takes place. There's a wilderness that we're all in that we come into. And then we get baptized. Everybody say, baptized. Now, let me just state this here. Then it says in Matthew chapter 3.13, I'll read this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then, he allowed, and then he allowed him, and when he had been baptized, this is Jesus, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. That same story is brought out in Mark. That same story is brought out in Luke. That same story, word for word, is actually brought out in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John says, I saw the Spirit of God descending on him, lighting upon him like a dove. John's purpose in writing was to show the deity of God. His acceptance was already there as God. Come on now, okay? All the others bring forth this next saying. And this is huge that you understand this. And suddenly... A voice came from heaven saying, this is, everybody come on, say, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. You need to understand something. Jesus had not done a miracle prior to this year. Jesus had not done the miraculous things that he went on. It says over in John 1, chapter 2, which, of course, follows chapter 1, it says the beginning of miracles Jesus did in the Galilee, the beginning of miracles, okay? So the beginning means the starting point. Nothing was ever done. So it tells us it was not our accomplishments when we got baptized. It was not something that we did. It was not something that we earned, that we had the favor of God and that we also had the beloved, what God says. Now this is huge to me. God calls you and I, I don't know exactly how many places in the New Testament he calls you his beloved. That means that God is fond of you. Everybody say, God is fond of me. Not only is he fond on you, he likes you. It's one thing to know that somebody loves you. You know, there's no question in my heart that Kathy loves me, amen? There's sometimes I'm not quite sure if she likes me. I wonder why, but we'll leave that for another day, okay? But I only am saying that because over here, God is actually saying that he likes you. Some people don't feel that God likes them. Some people don't feel God has affection for them. I want you to know that's a lie from the enemy and a fiery dart that you've entertained. And it's usually because of what you did or the failures in your life or the shortcomings in your life. But God loved you even while you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Come on now, Christ died for you. How much more does he love you? But how much more does he accept you? And how much more does he like you? See, this is overcoming rejection, my friends. If you don't understand that the same favor that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had that was really in my Catholic upbringing and heritage, she was up there, man. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and then Mary was right there. And then sometime in their life, even Mary was on top. I don't know how that all happened, but, but we'll leave that for another time. But the point that I'm trying to bring in is the same acceptance that Mary had is the same acceptance that you and I have. Amen. The same favor that I have is the same favor that you have. And we don't know anything about Mary's upbringing. We don't know anything about her history. But she really had trouble understanding what the, the angel said. Mary, you are highly favored amongst women. So you're not going to have trouble with it anymore today. We already prayed that you received that gift. Come on now. We already prayed that you're going to now act on it. And you watch and see the shifts that are going to take place inside of your life. Okay. The word beloved means to be esteemed. Did you know that you are esteemed by God? Did you know that God put a crown on your head? You know, Kathy and I have been to England several times. We got in there one time into the palace there, and they have what they call the crown jewels, and they have the crown jewel that's worth, I think, 38 million pounds, okay? And and that thing is just an amazing thing, but it's nothing incomparable to the crown that's already on your head. Psalm 8 says that he's crowned us with glory, and he's crowned us with honor. Come on, church, you already got a crown on Hey, say nice-looking crown on your head. The Catholics tried to explain the crown by putting a a glory around them, a glorious crown around them. Well, it's not all wrong because we have a crown of glory and we have a crown of honor on our head, amen? What our problem is, we don't see the crown on other people's heads, amen? And then we go on and it says, well-pleased. Did you know that God is well-pleased with you because of the cross? The word well-pleased means to think well of, to approve, to confirm, to sanction formally, to ratify, to take pleasure, to be favorable, inclined. You know, I'm going to go off track a little bit. But in 1994, a movie came out that was one of the largest gross-selling movies ever in 1994, and it was called, it was called Lion King, amen? The only one that ever passed it up was that of Jurassic Park. They made $734 million back in that day. Now, there's some movies, Barbie, I just heard, hit $1.6 million, or $1.6 billion. But but back in that day, 1994, which is 30 years ago, this is the best-selling movie. And in that movie, uh, I'll never forget it, and my kids used to really watch that movie and love it, and I'm like... What do you guys see in that movie? A little monkey, a stupid monkey, and, and all these different things. And it's like, what do you guys really get off on this, this whole thing? And they and and I mean they were infatuated with that movie. They watched it. And Timothy, he'd come up with these words and say, kuda matata. And I like, what's that kuda matata mean? You know, like, what's the matter with you, kid? And then I watched the movie and I started watching it, and and I watched it over and over and over, and then I started seeing that there were some real truths in there and some real parallels in there. And there was this little, uh, there was this little guy, that, and, and many of you know Simba, and how many know he forgot his identity of who he was? Come on. And then what happened, Rafiki comes, which is the animal with the stick, the, the little monkey, and he hits him over the head, and he says, your father still lives. He lives in you. You know, come on. And then, and then Rafiki said, my father's dead. And what happened, there was a guy that took over the kingdom from Mufasa, who was his father. And his name was Sar. And it's kind of like a parallel with God the Father. And then we see that Sar, like the enemy, wants to be in God's position and the whole thing. But I'm not going to develop that today. But Sar actually was the one that killed Mufasa and pushed him off the cliff. He was the one. But Simba blamed him for his death. Come on. And so many people, just like little Simba, they carry... The death. They carry this sorrow. They carry the guilt. They carry the shame of their parents' divorce, or they carry the shame of a of a broken relationship, or they carry the shame of a family event that something happened in their name, and, and so they carry that all their lives in their hi- history. But then what transpired was okay. Uh, he went over there, and Rafiki said. Your father lives. Your father's alive. And he where is he? And so the next thing, they're chained and They're going through these here. The lion's just going on these ropes, and they're going through the jungle. And they find a brook. They find a pond that is there in a brook. And, uh, and, and so the Rafiki says to, Mafal, he says to Simba, he said, look. Your father lives. And he said, I don't see anything. He said, really look inside. And all of a sudden, this roaring voice comes out. Come on now. And this voice says, Simba, you've forgotten who you are. Come on now. And every time I see that, but I get these goosebumps, you've forgotten who you are. You've forgotten who you are. You are the rightful heir. You are the rightful king. You've forgotten who you are. And all of a sudden, the brook closes up and the, everything goes back. And all of a sudden, he gets his courage back in. Do you know what? What I've learned in life after, the, after we repent. And after the baptism, like it says over there in John, and it says in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then after the affirmation that this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, then something happens in all of our lives. We come to a place, you'll see it in Matthew. You'll see it in Mark. You'll see it in Luke very clearly. We come to the place of temptation. After our baptism, which is one of the greatest victories in our life. And if you're here today, my friend, and you've not been baptized in water since you've given your life to God, or if you want to start a new beginning with God, you need to get baptized in water. Can you all say amen? You need to repent, believe the gospel that he is the Christ, the Son, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and be baptized. But then listen very carefully. We're all going to go through tests, trials, and temptations. Amen? Isn't it amazing right after the baptism of Jesus? Isn't it amazing right after this is my beloved Son and whom I am well pleased? Then we go in to what we call the temptation. Matthew chapter 4, right after chapter 3, goes right in it. Luke chapter 3 is the affirmation. Luke chapter 4 goes right into it. Then we see the same affirmation in the book of of, of Mark, chapter 2. goes right into the affirmation right after the affirmation of baptism. So I say all that because in all of our lives, we're going to go through times of questioning. We're gonna go through times of doubts. We're gonna go through times where the enemy tests us. You know, in those testations, in those tests, in those testings, there's going to be uh, fears that are gonna come against our mind. The enemy is a major, and he brings a major missile assault against your mind. Jesus said that we have to forgive how many times? 70 times? Seven, which is 490 times. I doubt if in any of our lives that we're going to struggle with that literally 490 times. Usually after two or three times, we're just going to walk away and say, they got an issue, I'm not going to go there, amen? But how many know that in our mind, they become assaulted time after time after time? And Kathy shared that with me. I said, that is so good, Kathy, that the enemy can bring it up and hurl missile after missile after missile, and he can hit it, man, time after time after time. So I've learned we all go through trials. We all go through temptation. We all go through challenges. We all go through difficulties inside of our lives. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, church. And then then we see something that happens, though, that right afterwards, uh, at the end of Matthew chapter 4, then something actually supernatural transpired. Miracles came. Can you say amen? amen? Don't get excited about it. Miracles came. The miracles didn't come before the temptation. The miracles came after the temptation. All three of the, four, uh, three of the four gospel writers go and bring that out. And it says, and Jesus, in verse 23 of Matthew, it says, went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. I've learned in the scripture that after we are affirmed and the presence of God comes on our life, after we receive the gift of righteousness, after we understand the authority of the believer, after we understand we have the keys of the kingdom, that whatsoever we shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever we shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's not before But it's afterwards that this here miracle start transpiring in our life. Now that you have understand that, I wonder how many when you're in a testing. I wonder how many when you're in a trial. I wonder how many when you're in a time of despair. How many when you're in one of the most challenging times of your life. Understand that God is not going to leave you in any of those there. But afterwards, your breakthroughs going to come. Afterwards, the miracles are going to come. Afterwards, the restoration is going to come. Afterwards, the healing is going to break out. Afterwards, the breakthrough in finances is going to come out. Afterwards, the breakthrough of the addiction is going to come in your life. We have to expect the miracles. Why? Because right after the affirmation, right after the temptation, the beginning of miracles, Jesus did. Right afterwards, we see that in Mark's gospel, we see that Jesus did the miracle. He healed Simon Peter's mother amen, excuse me, Simon Peter's mother-in-law, amen. That was a miracle out there, why? Because he knew that she was a good cook, so he healed her, so she cooked the meal afterwards. It's all in the scriptures, in case you're wondering, amen. And I'm gonna give you something today, and I'm really sensing whether I should have went this way or not, but I'm gonna give you something in closing. I want everybody to stand, first of all, and I'm gonna give you the closing. Anybody learning anything right now? So everybody, raise your hands up and say, God, I surrender. I repent of my sin. I turn by the grace of God to the cross of Jesus, and I put my faith in him. I make him Lord. I receive him as my Savior. He's number one. Now look at your neighbor and say, Repent. Believe. Be baptized. And now receive the affirmation that you are God's beloved son. God's beloved daughter, and whom he is well pleased because of what Jesus did. And now tell them, you're a miracle worker. The works that the Son of God did, come on, the works that I do, Jesus, shall you do? And greater works, because I go to the Father. Now listen, I'm not just up here preaching sermons. This is fourth pattern. These are the patterns that are given. And if God repeats himself, then we got to put our faith out there that he's the miracle-working God, and he wants to do miracles in your life. The word of the Lord coming from Smith Wigglesworth, he saw three waves of the Spirit of God in 1947. He saw, listen very carefully, the first wave was going to be a wave of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And we saw the Catholic charismatic denomination, the Lutheran charismatics, all got born again and spirit-filled, amen. And then he saw a wave of church growth, of church planting that would be worldwide, amen. But he saw a third wave. He said the second one was not gonna be it. He said the third wave would be at the last before the ushering in of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He said it would be a wave of the miraculous that would hit the church world and empower the church world with miracles and signs and wonders that would usher in the Son of God. I've waited for this wave, and I believe we're entering into that time frame now because we're having understanding of this here. Amen? And so say God use his hands. Use his mouth. To be an encouragement to lost people. To bring them into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's go. I'm going to close with this here. Amen. Are you ready for this? Go ahead and be seated. Are you ready? Get ready. I've never preached this anywhere. Kathy is witness to this here. I've never, I've never spoken this anywhere at any time. This is a new revelation that just came to me that brings tears to my eyes. I'm so elated at what God's going to do. The Bible said he's going to send the prophet Elijah before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. The Bible says that there's going to be two witnesses in Jerusalem. Come on. That CNN, MNC, CBC is all going to record. And they're going to be prophetic voices to a generation of rebellion, to a generation of lawlessness, to a generation that knows not the ways of the Lord. Come on. And the Bible said they're going to prophesy, and they're going to speak for three and a half years. Come on. They're going to call, and it's going to be the greatest revival in the history of the nation of Israel. It's going to be the greatest revival in the history of planet Earth because there's 12 ceilings that took place on the 12 tribes of Israel, which is our Jewish roots. But it's not just the Jew. It's the Gentile as one today. Even Muslim and even the Islamic terrorists today knows this here. They call the little Satan and the big Satan. Amen. And, and the reason that they know that is because of the roots of Judaism and Christianity. We're not a Judaism today. We're not Jews uh, by birth, but we are Jews by, come on now, by the new birth today. Why? Because Jesus, the Messiah, came into our heart. Amen. So no problem with any of that there. No problem. I'm not going back to the Jewish laws. We're not going back. That's not what it all, because in Christ is where our heritage is. In Christ, we have the freedom. Amen? But this is what I want to tell you. In Matthew chapter 17, 5, in Mark chapter 9, 7, and Luke chapter 9, 35, and in 2 Peter 1, 17, we see the same affirmation that the Son of God was given in his baptism. But it wasn't now in the baptism he says this here, and a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of that cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And Peter writing about the same event in his epistle in 2 Peter says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven and we were with him on the holy mountain. I want to tell you something to the people of God that have gone up to the mounts of God, that are a part of the lighthouses of God. They're a part of a praying. If there's anything I've learned in this here season, is God's called me to more time with him in the time of prayer. Jesus in the mountaintop, the important events was the mount of temptation, the mount of the Sermon of the Mount. The mount of prayer, which he said, go up to the, ha- the mount of the Lord, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The mount of transfiguration I'm going to share on. The mountain of the agony of the Son of God. The mountain of the cross. And finally, the mountain of the risen Lord. The transformation of Jesus on the mountain is significant, for it gave those three disciples that were there, Peter, James, and John, a glimpse of the glory that Jesus had before the incarnation that we would once again have in his church. Hear me, church, today, the glory broke out where there was affirmation. The glory broke out when the church believed the righteousness of God. The Bible says, Arise and shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth. It's not going to get lighter. It's going to get darker and gross darkness to people. But then my glory shall be seen upon you. Listen to the church today. Listen carefully. In Christian teaching, the transfiguration is a pivotal moment. And it's the setting on the mountain is presented as the point where human nature meets God. Human nature needs transformation. And that transformation comes face to face in the mount of prayer. The meeting place of the temporal and the meeting place of the eternal with Jesus as the connecting point, acting as the bridge between heaven and earth. Our mandate now is to bring the kingdom of God to the earth today. Jesus was transfigured into the glory of God, and so are you and I when we go to the mountain of God in prayer. The empowering takes place. The glory realm is there, and it's the place of the Spirit. Hear me, church, both Moses and... And Elijah were miracle workers. Moses in Egypt and Elijah with Israel. In Christ, now listen carefully, stand up everybody, come on. In Christ we now contain the Shekinah glory of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We are the glory of God in the earth today. You're not normal. You're, you're abnormal according to this world. You're no longer natural. You are naturally supernatural by the new birth today. Amen. And I want to tell you the transfiguration was a glimpse of the last day's glory that God is pouring out in the earth today. And it's already started. We're seeing more anti-Semitism and anti-Christian persecution and the world than any other time. Pastor Brian and Sherry shared on that last week. But we're also seeing more souls won than any other time in history. And I believe it's time for the greatest harvest in the history of mankind to come in. But it's not going to come in when things are going great. It's coming in when that darkness is breaking out. Come on now. Now, are you all ready? Are you all ready? How how many believe what I just said is true? Yeah. How can you not give a child offering to God right now? Yeah. Yeah. You have the Shekinah of God. My friend Dr. Piet Francis just wrote a new book on Shaquil. She actually changed the name of her church from Covenant Kingdom to the Shahil Church. And everybody said, what's the Shahil? It's the manifestation of the glory on the last day's church. Amen. And that's another message I'll preach at another time. But listen carefully. This is what I want to. How many learned something today? Come on now. How many just feel a little bit more encouraged on the inside? How many feel God's got something for you? And you say, well, you know, I just don't know if I believe all that stuff. Just go back to the Word of God. And let that repetitious nature form your brain and get there. You know, when rejection hits your life, and not only rejection hits your life, and people reject you. There were, there were stories that I had. I, I, I got to close in a minute or two. But I, I remember I, was, I had an invitation from a denomination, and it was the biggest event that I was ever going to speak at. This is going back quite a few years ago. And I remember it was a whole district that they wanted me to come in in. And I remember a pastor from the community here, after I got this invitation, I was all pumped already, and a week before The invitation came a week before the actual speaking actually came, okay? They canceled. And the leaders that had booked me wouldn't even call me. They called the pastor in the city of that group. Don't try to figure it out. You'd probably get it wrong anyway. And they called them, and they said that, could you call Pastor Rick and just tell him that he's canceled from that meeting? I struggled with rejection from that for a long time afterwards. I said, I'm, I'll, I'll just never measure up. I'm never never good enough. And God knocked me right over the head. Come on now. And he says, what I have for you is way beyond what that was. Right. And he said, you get through that there now. You're highly favored. You're endued with honor. You're accepted not because of who you are or what you've done, but because of who I am. And you know what? I just did a national conference for that denomination this last year. Amen? <laughs> the whole national. I've done regional, done other things. Because listen very carefully, that's where the test comes in. Yeah. There's always a test before the problem. And I'm just sensing prophetically there's people in the test right now, and how you, how you act in the time of testing is what's going to come out. Amen? So are you all ready right now? Yeah. How many see yourself as a glorious church? Woo-hoo. Amen. When does it happen, when darkness covers the earth? and gross darkness to people. Say this like you mean to lift your hands up and surrender, say, Father, thank you that I am in Christ today. I am highly favored. I am highly honored. I am accepted. Not because of works, not because of good deeds, not because of going to church, but because of the blood sacrifice. So I have a new heart, a new nature, a new love, A new passion, a new language in the Spirit, a new salvation, a new start in life, a new hope. Come on, say it like you mean it. A new home, a new dream, a new purpose, a new attitude, a new unity, a new way of thinking, a new oil. I have new wine, a new anointing, a new song, a new garment, a new tongue, a new commandment a new name, a new heaven, a new Jerusalem. I've been made a new man with a new king, in a new wineskin, in a new covenant, with new life. I have this treasure in earthen vessels with a new order, a new message called the good news, a new assignment, new friends, new grace, new power new doctrine, and a new righteousness. Now, Father, take me to the meeting place in the Mount of Transfiguration where I will humble myself in prayer before you. And when I come out of there, that glory's gonna shine. That glory's gonna break out. And a new confidence is gonna hit my way. In Jesus' name, Amen. My friend, if you're here today and you've not given your life to the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, His name is Jesus. Or if you're watching my live stream right now, and maybe you're backslidden or maybe you never went into a right relationship with God, maybe you made Him the Savior of your life, you received Him as Savior, but you never made Him Lord. The Bible says, if thou will believe in thine heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and believe with thy heart that God raised Him from the dead, and confess with thy mouth that he is Lord, thou shalt be saved. It's not about, listen, just being the savior. It's about being number one in our life. If you've not given your life to God, but you wanna give your life to God today, you want every good thing that he has for your life. You want to be forgiven. You want to be restored into right relationship with God. You want to be a, have the upper hand now over the enemy, the kingdom of darkness in life, and able to face life's challenges and struggles with the spirit of faith. Then if you've given your life to God today, we prayed it earlier, but if you've given your life to God, you're not what we call born again. And If you're alive unto God, I'm going to tell you there's going to be different desires that are going to be on the inside of you. Your life is going to be changed, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. I want to encourage if you're watching by livestream, get in a good Bible church. And if you've not, if you gave your life to God and you're in this room today. Pastors Luke and Pastor Christine and Pastor Brian, and we're all up here to help you today. You can make your way up and see me right afterwards. Love to have a few words. and We have some materials we'd like to get into your hands. Amen. So how many are going to go into the Mount of Transfiguration? How many going into the house of prayer? Amen. You are the house of prayer. Amen. Let's fulfill the prophetic mandate over our life. I love you all. Have the best day ever. You are officially dismissed. High five a few people. If you've given your life to God today or you want to give your life to God, then come on down, and I'll be happy to be here to pray with you and to encourage you this morning. Love and appreciate you all.
2: And good afternoon. Welcome to the After Nine Show. My name is Sarah Quinlan and I have with me this week Pastor Kathy Shimatero. Good morning. Hey. It's great
3: to be with you today.
2: Thanks for joining us. So we just heard Pastor Rick Shimatero give a message called Reflected. It's uh week three in the rejection series. And I was excited to be able to have Pastor Kathy on the After Nine Show with me because I don't know if we've ever done have we ever done the After Nine yeah, Show? Yeah, I have. Right near the beginning when you first started. The oh, lighting. like a long yeah, time. It's been a little while yeah. for sure. So, um, OK, yeah. So before we get into like the 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 things that we got out of the message today, we just want to let you guys know that tomorrow we'll be going live at the lighthouse at 630 on YouTube and Facebook and Rumble. Um, if you're not connected to a lighthouse and you would like to be, please let us know. We will get you connected to that. And um, yeah, so let's just get the ball rolling. So we have um, what we do with the After Nine show is we like to talk about what we got out of the message, kind of reenact if you were here with us today in church. And um, so, the the thing that stood out to me at the very beginning was Pastor Rick was sharing. I feel I feel like it was cool today, Pastor Kathy, because I felt like he had a lot of moments in his message where he normally does, but today was more than usual, where I felt like he was. Um, like he had a prophetic word a lot more than normal in in his message so uh, I just encourage you if you if you aren't if you hadn't seen the message you're just joining us now go back and watch the message and then come listen to what we have to say but the thing that really um, touched me at the beginning of the message was Pastor Rick was talking about um, when his mother was pregnant for him yeah and having that um, that feeling of maybe not wanting him or, or not wanting any more children and how he had to Uh, He learned through that where that rejection came from and he had a word for somebody that you know if that's something that you're experiencing now to know that you know that God is for you and uh, I just think that's really powerful to know because you know sometimes with rejection We can have that feeling on us and we just don't know where the source of it is or where it came from and you know there's so many things in our lives that we do to try to counteract that feeling of rejection but it's difficult when you don't know what the source is so uh, I think it was really powerful Pastor Rick said today in in light of that to say you know that doesn't doesn't matter like God is with you and that that rejection that feeling he I I believe he even prayed against it at that moment Um, and it was really I really enjoyed that that was really cool
3: yeah, I think the probably one of the number one needs we all have is to be accepted, yes. to feel like we belong, to feel like we're part of something and yes. connected to others. And rejection is something we all go through. Yes. And when we are rejected, it's hard not to internalize that and and take it into your heart and start believing that there's something wrong with you, yep. the fact that people reject you or that you don't measure up, and so that's something we all battle at different times. And and so you know rejection is going to happen. It's it's going to we're all there's always going to be a source of where it came from or how it came. And as Pastor Rick shared, it can come in the womb yes. if you're not you know accepted by by your mother and she doesn't want you, and and so it can start there or maybe it can start later on in life when you just go to school maybe and other kids reject you or a teacher rejects you there's so many things that we go through in life that bring rejection on us but I think what he brought out that was so awesome to overcome it is to know that God doesn't reject us in fact we're highly favored of God and he's accepted us. And as we understand our identity, which is what the devil wants to rob us from, uh, as we understand our identity and we recognize that there is a real devil that's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants us to make us feel like we don't measure up. Yes. And that we're not gonna, you know, be good enough for other people or be accepted by other people. Yes. And um, when we understand who we are in Christ, it doesn't matter. And we end up rising above the rejection that people may you know have towards us and we we begin to operate in the favor of
2: God and the blessing of God. That's great Pastor Kathy and you know what that kind of brings out a story from my childhood that I remembered it's just a quick one but I was in art class and uh, I was drawing and I I love to draw and I've always loved to. Yeah we know that. Yeah (laughs) and um, I did a black outline around one of these the I think it was a rabbit. And my, my art teacher actually told me that's not art. That's not good drawing. Wow. And she was trying to like work me out of that. So I just, I stopped, I stopped drawing. I didn't take it up until I was 18 again. Wow. And I, at the time I think I was like nine or 10 and it, it really affected me. And it's just a silly little thing, but I really like liked her as a person and I really, like her word meant a lot to me. And so when she said that, it really did stifle that that growth in me and that gifting. And I think it was, you know, a tactic of the enemy. Now that I look mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. because I I love doing illustration. You know, I've been I've, I feel like God's given me that gifting. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's important to know that if there's something that you've put down, like Pastor Kathy was saying, if there's something that you've put down or or a thing in your life that you've put aside because you've been rejected in it. I think that you should go back mm-hmm. and you should look because. Yeah. You know there's so many things that God has given us that makes us unique and makes us individuals for his calling and for his plan but rejection is the thing that's going to try to get us to feel like oh I can't do that because I'm you know but I have news for you guys we're set apart Mm -hmm. we're called to be different if we're all supposed to be like everybody else then it's never gonna you know it's like the body of Christ like my dad always used to say like he used to say he's the big toe right like it's like sometimes (laughs) you don't see him but he's there right Um, but we're all important like every piece of the body is important regardless of where you're at but I think it's I think that's a really good point is to revisit the things that you've been suffering or dealing with rejection in because rejection will come but it's what we do with it right
3: you know I think it's interesting that you shared that story about your art and Sarah is an awesome artist and I I keep telling her she needs to open up an art gallery because she has a very unique uh artistic ability that I've never seen before and Uh it's very unique and uh, but I had kind of the opposite happen to me because when I was growing up my mother you know she went through uh, divorce and we felt uh, like outcasts in our school like there's a lot of dynamics that I won't get into but I just remember when I was in school I always felt like an outcast I always felt shame and I felt like I didn't belong and I remember I was in school and i was in an art class okay and i drew i I think it was an igloo and some eskimos or something i don't even remember and my teacher just affirmed my art ability i had the opposite experience (laughs) she just went on and on and said how talented i was and what a gift i had and i'll tell you from that day on i had the opposite where then i wanted to be an artist and i started painting and drawing and doing all kinds of stuff now that wasn't my calling in life but for up until i got saved i was really really into art yeah. but the whole reason was because i had affirmation and yes. it was the one thing that somebody really affirmed me about yes even though i'm not as talented as she is but i definitely <laughs> um you know I definitely started to flourish in that area because I was affirmed in that area and it was the one thing
2: I thought oh this is something I can do and I didn't feel rejection in it. I receive your compliments but Pastor (laughs) Kathy is a very talented artist so just so you know she has some pieces in her house and I love them but but it's it's really that's really cool and I really like that and um, you know we've been doing this rejection series I think it was timely coming into 2024 um and you know i I think i think rejection like when when you go through genesis the genesis process i went through with pastor brian and pastor karen uh, and there's something that that they say is that when when people are dealing with rejection they usually reject Mm -hmm. and it's like. It's like that thing where I don't wanna be hurt, I don't wanna be wounded by you, so I'm just gonna push everybody away. And I think that's something that we have to and I, I try to keep my eyes open for it. Where if I see someone that's doing that and they're they're like, eh. It's like, okay, why? What's going on, right? And um, you know, it's been it's really been an eye opener these last few weeks. Pastors Brian and Sherry ended with a a verse last week. Uh, I'm going to try, maybe you can help me, Pastor Kathy, but it says that those that endure to the end will be saved. I believe that's the verse. And, um, you know, I've been reading in Matthew and Mark lately and you you see so many things about Jesus and even even yesterday I was reading and it said that when he came back from the the boat and preaching out on the boat, he came back and it said that many recognized him. Mm -hmm. And then you cut a few verses later and nobody wants to acknowledge him, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it says that the Son of Man will suffer, that he will be rejected. And I think that's such a, that's such a powerful thing to see that Jesus Christ re- was rejected first. He was rejected because he knew that we would be as well. And he still gets rejected and he God does. gets rejected yes. every day yes. by
3: people that don't want to receive his gift of salvation. That's right. And they want to... Uh, you know, think they can do it on their own, but we really can't do it on our own. And eventually we're going to face something that's so far beyond our ability that we need God in order to get through it. And I think that's what's so powerful about God. The fact that he does love us. He does accept us and we have to accept ourselves, even the good, the bad, and the ugly. We all make mistakes. We all blow it at times. And I, I tend to have a tendency to beat myself up when I know I've really missed it. Mm -hmm. And I, I can easily get stuck in that where I don't, even want to pray because i feel like i'm i'm not worthy but that's such a lie of the enemy to try and make us feel like you know we're technically we're not worthy on our own we're only worthy because of what he did and so but he sees things in us that we don't see ourselves and we're in a a work in progress and so we need to recognize if we can understand we are accepted we are loved we are made in the image of god and and god is in us and we can rise above whatever negative thoughts attack our minds if we could just get that understanding and victory and and don't listen to those lies then there's nothing that can stop us like Pastor Rick said in the message that you know there's the you know the fact that we're accepted but then there's the testing and the testing is when those lies bombard our mind to try and rob us of our identity and then but if we get through that then the miracles happen because we can rise above and we can. know and have faith that we can do things in the supernatural realm to be a blessing to others. That's great.
2: Oh, that's awesome, Pastor Kathy. And uh, we just encourage you, if you're watching us on YouTube and you're not connected to Inspiration9, we just encourage you to reach out to us. We would love to get you here It's part of our our family. There's always room for more people, um, but we are really blessed to have Pastor Rick back. We're really glad that he's healing up nicely. Um, And thank you for joining me today, Pastor Kathy. Thank Thank you for having me. (laughs) And we will see you tomorrow at 630 at the lighthouse and if you're a young adult and you want to come out to young adults let me know we will get you connected Um, but as always my name is Sarah Quinlan with Pastor Kathy Schmittero and we just encourage you to light the passion within you and have the best Sunday of your life
3: God bless you have an awesome day and don't forget who you are in Christ Amen.